Welcome back everyone to Culture by Design. My name's Junior. I'm here with Dr. Tim Clark for a single point lesson, the most valuable 10 minutes you'll spend in professional development all week. Tim, what's the lesson today? Junior, the lesson today is the 21st century requires mission type or mission command orders. And, and by the way, did you know uh, the Germans have a word for this? I guess they really even developed it. Would you like to try to pronounce that word, Junior? I would love to. How about <laughs> this? Aufstagstaktik. How was that? I think that's really good. Is that pretty yeah. good? I think we'll that's really good. We'll let all the German listeners uh, let us know. It is yeah. interesting to see the country spread. And Germany's on that list. And uh, right. it's a few percentage points. So yeah, let us is. know how we did. Yeah. So that is the lesson today. And the reality of the 21st century, as we talk about often, is dynamism. It's change. It's anything but stable. And that's why we're going to talk about mission type orders. So every major military throughout history has had some type of war doctrine, some type of fundamental strategy or basic approach to war. And if you look historically over time and by geography, by nation, these doctrines change over time, depending on where we are and what's going on, depending on the terrain, depending on the technology. But historically, for many, many thousands of years, most militaries were very strictly command and control. Tim, why do you think? Well, because it was hierarchical and you needed to do what your commanding officer told you to do. And that was about it. And that's what you, you could focus on. So it was a very tactical mindset, very task oriented. And you didn't need to think about what other people were doing. You just focused on what, what the orders were that you were given. Yep. And the landscape was relatively static, relatively stable for hundreds of years. You think about the implements of war and technology in war. And for any given time period, pre-several hundred years ago, it was mostly the same for really, really long periods of time. And so you could assume with a high degree of confidence that your enemy would be using the same implements of war, you would probably be using the same implements, and so you could strategize based on that knowledge for periods of hundreds of years without anything being too terribly disruptive. Today, that's obviously not the case. I read a book uh, a little while ago about artificial intelligence and warfare, and it was a very interesting book and helped me understand just how volatile the world is and how technologically advanced we are becoming day by day by day. So what does that do? That increases the dynamism of the environment. And is this true just militarily? No, of course not. It's true in the business world. It's true in our personal lives. Things are being disruptive day in and day out. So, Junior, can I give an example? Please. So just a little while ago, I visited the Civil War battlefield at Manassas, where the first and second battles of Bull Run happened. And if you think about kind of the static conditions that existed at the time, so what did they do? Their formations were the same. They would go head on or they do a flanking move. That's about all they did. So it, it was just a limited... Uh, set of tactics that they would use over and over again. And so there was really a lot of stability to the conditions and this this uh, very small set of, of things that they would do. So it, yeah. it, it kind of proves the point. Well, you look at that, right? Civil War era. And then I learned this word, Aufstagstaktik, from uh, Robert Teschner, call sign Cujo, uh, American Air Force pilot. 
and uh, he flew F-15s. You think about the traditional Civil War flanking move versus a dogfight in an F-15 thousands of feet in the air, right? This is different. It's very different. And so obedience to orders, here's one of the key points from today, is antithetical to leading in a landscape that's ever-changing because the orders that we give are often obsolete shortly after they're given. The volatile conditions make them obsolete. Enter mission type orders. This is a military order that gives the subordinate a great deal of freedom in how to accomplish the mission. And these orders, the roots go back to Prussian generals in the early 19th century following a Prussian defeat to Napoleon's French army in the Franco-Prussian War. So in 1837, in their review of Prussian war doctrine, they wrote, quote, this is a crazy quote, French achieved high tempo through rapid communication of Napoleon's intentions and rationale. Perhaps most important, the exercise of initiative by junior officers was tolerated. <sighs> the result was an operational tempo with which left the incredulous Prussians bewildered. Junior, you gotta, you gotta repeat that last sentence. It's just so crucial here. Perhaps most important, the exercise of initiative by junior officers was tolerated. Mm. The result was an operational tempo, which left the incredulous Prussians bewildered. Wow. Such a cool, cool uh, excerpt. Well, well just, think of, just think of that concept in organizations today. The exercise of initiative by junior officers was tolerated. Yeah. That's the hinge point. That's the hinge point. Yeah. So in that war, war doctrine, we're giving junior officers discretion as it relates to the how, mm -hmm. the implementation. So there, the way that uh, this lays out that I really like is centralized command, distributed control, decentralized execution. Yes. So those, I think that that's a helpful lens to look at this. Centralized command, distributed control, decentralized execution. Mm-hmm. Inside that same excerpt, there's another sentence which follows that I think is really interesting as well. Mistakes were preferable to hesitancy to enable decisive, bold action. That's incredible. How about that? It's incredible. We would prefer that we make a few mistakes if that enables us to move decisively and take massive action. Instead so, of hesitating, right? Exactly. Hesitating was more dangerous than to make a few mistakes along the way. Yep. So in order for this approach to be effective, what must be true? There's something in mission command uh, doctrine, I'll call it, called commander's intent. And commander's intent plays a really interesting role. I am not an expert, but from what I understand, as part of commander's intent, we need to be able to clearly identify the end state. In other words, what is the objective? What is the outcome that we're working towards? What are the key tasks? And that's all. There's no detailed plan of action that goes along with it. There must be trust. Trust that the people in the inter, inter, interim will make a reasonable decision in a pinch when things change because we know that they will change. So let's delegate those decisions regarding implementation and let's just be clear about the end state and the key tasks. And that's where the junior officers come into the picture, right? So let's let's think about the operating assumption though, Junior, here, because this is the, the whole thing hangs not just on the delegation to the junior officers, 
but the capability then of the junior officers to get the job done. Because a mission type order only works when your junior officers have the capability to do the job. That means the critical and the strategic thinking capability. If they don't have those skills, then the mission type order is more dangerous than a static command order. So the whole concept race on, it, it rests on the ability of the junior leaders to interpret and respond to changing conditions, right? You can't, you can't take the old culture into the new world. That's a recipe for failure. So I think we have to understand that a mission type order is a very different form of delegation. You are mandating the outcome and delegating, as you said, the tactics, you're decentralizing execution. So much hangs on the ability of those junior officers to get the job done. They have to have the capability. Yep. I really find this fascinating. We could go on and on and on, but we won't today. Here's the call to action. What is the single thing that we would invite you to do to put this into practice? Here it is. Next time you assign a task or a project, consider mission type orders. And what does that mean in a nutshell? Describe the what, the key outcomes and the key tasks and delegate the how. And then let people go to work. Okay. Thank you everyone for your time and attention during today's single point lesson. We hope that this was 10 minutes well spent. See you next time.